1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim Harris will continue in the book of Mark with chapter 14, verses 12 through 21. It's the preparation for the last Passover, in which Jesus institutes the practice of Christian communion to replace the old remembrance called the Passover. With the arrival of the Messiah and the shedding of his blood as our once for all sacrifice for sin, that which foreshadowed his ultimate sacrifice would no longer be necessary what the passover and the sacrifices symbolized before christ what those only foreshadowed has now through christ's crucifixion and resurrection been fulfilled and we practice this memorial every time we come together to participate in it pastor jim will connect what jesus institutes here with all that had come before as a symbolic reminder of what only Jesus could eventually accomplish. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Last Passover.
0: God uses it all to accomplish His will however He chooses to do it, and yet God does not overrule the moral laws that He built into the universe. And those laws include what we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Judas, fully culpable. Absolutely, totally responsible. He doesn't say, well, Judas, I I know you couldn't help yourself because I backed you into this. No, no, no. Judas, you're responsible. The lake of fire that awaited Judas and which awaits all unbelievers is so severe... That Jesus could honestly say, to have never existed would be infinitely better than to be there. Now, in case you haven't had a good reason to have a shudder up and up, run up and down your spine for a while, consider this. It's one of those so-called warning passages in the book of Hebrews. and The author writes this. For we know Him who said, and I was going to quote from the Old Old Testament, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge His people. And here's the conclusion you should draw from that. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of a living God. No one can ever say, the devil made me do it. Judas can't say that. And Judas was possessed by the devil when he went and betrayed Jesus. But Judas was fully responsible for that. But God was completely in charge of all of it. Now, one more thought. And then we're going to set this aside until next Lord's Day when we're going to see Jesus institute the Lord's Supper. And it'll be our privilege to partake of it at that same time. I want you to see how this fits into the big big picture. The Passover was the celebration of redemption that took place when God brought Israel out of Egypt. That's redemption celebrated for what took place in the past. The Lord's Supper or communion is what we celebrate in the present looking back to what Jesus did for us. But just as the Passover Remembered the exodus from Egypt and the Lord's Supper remembers Christ in this present age, the two are tied together with the future. God has this plan, and it's a grand plan. Look at Luke 22, 15 and 16. Now, Luke 22 is parallel to Mark 14. We're talking about the same situation here. A few things said in Luke that aren't in Mark. Luke 22, 15 and 16. He said to them, now this is in the context of where do you want us to prepare, all right? I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. This is the last Passover that was ever to be celebrated. He says, I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So, Jesus is not come into communion. Right? He told us to do this. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26, we always read it after we've eaten the bread and drunk, the, uh, drunk from the cup. As long as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He says, I'm not going to do this until I eat. Eat it again in the kingdom of God. Do you know there's going to be Passover in the kingdom of God? A lot of people get really confused when they read Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48. It's probably because we don't always teach it as clearly as we might, but Ezekiel 40 through 48 is looking forward to the kingdom. And you see in the thousand year kingdom of Christ, when he's here reigning on earth, Like we saw in the Olivet Discourse, after the second coming, after the judgment of the sheep and the goats, He reigns on earth for a thousand years. During that time, there will be a huge temple in Jerusalem. A huge Jerusalem with a huge temple. And in that temple, there will be sacrifices. And people say, well, how can that be? Hebrews 10 Jesus was the sacrifice for sin once for all. You're right. Those will not be sacrifices for sin. They will not be sacrifices that make atonement for sin. They will be like the Passover lambs that remembered what God did when He delivered His people. The animal dies, the blood of the animal is put on the doorpost. Applying the blood, God passes over that place and does not execute judgment upon it. You rem- they remembered that with all of those Passover lambs. And nobody's sins were paid for because they, they sacrificed a Passover lamb and ate the Passover meal and celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But it's because they were trusting in God that He would provide the Lamb of God Who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus is saying, In my kingdom, we will remember the Passover, all those that looked forward to me and what I did. So there'll be sacrifices, but they won't be atoning sacrifices, they won't be efficacious sacrifices, they will be vivid commemorations of what Jesus did to bring about our redemption. None of those lambs in any of those Jewish homes for almost 1,500 years paid for the sins of the people. Oh, but what a picture and what an anticipation. And when John the Baptist introduces Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he's tying all of that together, the past and the present, when the era in which we live, and looking forward to his Kingdom, You see how it's all connected? The plan of redemption has been, is being, and will be worked out by God in this world. So, please, don't just say, Oh, yeah, Pastor pointed out how Jesus messed with Judas all afternoon. Okay, maybe He did. I would have, but I'm not Jesus. Don't just think... How incredible that that God is sovereign and He's in charge of all this. But get to the point of do you realize why he went to that cross? The next text that we read is gonna have to do with him implementing the Lord's Supper so we will remember forever what's going to happen the day after that. The veil in the temple is torn in two from top to bottom because of what Jesus did as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now you and I can come and we can be welcomed into the presence of God. So don't just walk away with a wow factor. Walk away in faith. Do you have the free gift? Or are you someday going to collect your wages You have the choice. You can can have salvation at God's expense, or you can go on your own. And you can be judged with absolute fairness and complete honesty and full disclosure. And you can be judged on the basis of your own works. After all, you've you've earned everything that you would get. Remember Romans 6.23, though? For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Passover, the Lord's table, the future celebration of all this, it teaches both of those things. Animals had to die over and over and over and over. Constant reminder the wages of sin is death. Ah, But when the blood is applied, then by the free gift of God, His judgment passes over you. Let's pray, Father. How we thank you for your word. As as always, we say thank you for it. How we thank you for the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Father, we come to you humbly. We, if we are honest, would be just like those disciples around the table. And when speaking of your betrayal, we would say, "Surely not I." We know we're all faith. We're all capable of being utterly faithless at any given moment, but thank you for your spectacular grace. We can be saved and that when we are, we are kept by your power for that inheritance which is ours, which is imperishable and undefiled and which will not fade away. Please, I pray, oh Father, don't let anyone leave this place apart from full possession of this Spectacular free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.